Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. James Fegan, White Sox reporter for The Athletic. Yes, James. On Twitter at J.R. Fegan. I can anticipate this question is probably way too early, but excellent. Too soon. <laughs> too soon. Asking the questions to get the answers you need. If you knew that Abreu was available to be the runner there, would you have gone to him instead of Hendricks? If I'd known that, I'd know that. I'd check the rule. I'm guessing you know the rules better. Now I know. James Fegan with Lawrence Holmes on 670 The James joins me on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline. Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. It's going to be a regular thing. I'm very excited about having James Fegan give us some perspective and context when it comes to covering the White Sox. You should get a subscription to The Athletic just so you can keep up on what's going on with White Sox news, like the stuff that James brings to the people. Hello, sir. I'm dying at that intro lead. <laughs> this is like a bizarro version of this is your life that I listen to. Well, that's that's the way that we want to bring you in. We want you to, to really think back and reflect on all those moments when you've put White Sox people in uncomfortable positions by simply doing your job. And I wasn't trying to do anything. I was just curious. <laughs> put that on my tombstone. But that's that's why you're so good at this is that you have questions and and it ended up being some really incredible moments for us as White Sox fans to hear you go back and forth with people about things that are important to them. So let's start with some of the important stuff. What's the latest on A.J. Pollock? What's the latest on Lucas Giolito? Well, A.J. Pollock was supposed to miss basically this series coming up anyway because of paternity leave and you know, until that's kind of resolved, I guess the hope is that he can come back and, and maybe play right afterwards. You know, the way it happened when he came off, especially with his history, you know, I, I just thought, you know, book it 10-game IL uh, right off the bat. But he really tried to say that it was not that big of a deal, that he was informed by the fact that he had strained both his hamstrings at points last season, and that's why he didn't push it farther than he did. He recognized that it was kind of the precursor to something right off the bat. I would think with the way this team is built, with the way their goals are, um, with how precautious they're trying to be about everything, with the fact that, you know, if this team kind of, you know, goes 500 through April, it's not the end of the world, that you, you would be precautious of this and just sit them and make sure it's all the way gone and not risk anything as far as cropping up and becoming a major, like, four- to six-week hamstring strain. But it remains to be seen they haven't really started hinting at any kind of corresponding they'd move they would make at that for him at this point. They've held the line, even though there has been a roster move for it, uh, which is kind of strange two days afterwards, that Giolito is going to miss two starts 
And, you know, that would, of course, uh, you know, necessitate a 10-day placement. Uh, I think there's been some, uh, you know, Anderson Severino's agent tweeted out that he would be called up. So that would likely be a corresponding move to just add another arm uh, before they decide what they're going to do for his rotation spot on Thursday. I know that you do the deep dives into this stuff, and, and we often joke about players coming into camp, say it with me now, in the best shape of their lives. But Lucas Giolito did do something that's been a little bit different with his training this past offseason. For White Sox fans that don't know, what did he do? I mean, like, I can't say if it's the best shape of his life, but he definitely showed up different. Like, he had a plan. He, he was executing it. He came in, like, easily 20 pounds heavier, uh, just noticeably thicker all the way through the midsection, uh, especially his legs, especially his torso, um, with the idea of – and you saw it maybe last season, early April, in the Seattle series of when he, you know, had a, a stretch where he had that 40-pitch inning and you saw him start sinking down to 91, 92 with his velocity band. So the whole goal was to start – stop, you know, kind of eliminate those type of outings where he's a little bit down. Uh, he didn't expect to like all of a sudden start throwing 100 again like his high school days, but he wanted to just have those days where he's consistently 94, 95, and is, is strong throughout and, and builds up over the course of the outing. He wanted that to be consistent, so he came in with his new physique, and <clears throat> obviously, you know, put a lot into the idea that he was going to finally, you know, achieve this goal of 200 innings that he's been, uh, you know, kind of pushing for for so long. And of course, you know, that's part of the big frustration is that to have both this injury and kind of a strange injury uh, that you don't really see often with pictures of a low abdominal strain right off the bat. So, you know, I, I you know, I was asked about yesterday, do I think this is related? Um, I don't know. I, I'm not, one, I'm not knowledgeable enough about physiology. You know, I'll ask my mom later today, but <laughs> I don't know if I have an answer, but I think it's too early to say it's, it's kind of speculative. It's probably something that we'd probably look at in hindsight about whether or not, you know, this regimen really affected it. You know, I think it's still at this point looks like a blip and, and something you can come back from pretty soon that he's not feeling a lot of discomfort, but it's not the, the earliest indicator that all of this uh, worked the way he wanted to, that you'd want to see. How's mom doing with being a TV star now? <laughs> uh, she's the one, you know, texting me uh, to circulate the promos every time. So I guess I'm her social media manager whenever she, she does this. So. She's trying to get that shine. Hey, hey, she's worked her whole life to, to be an expert in the field, and, th- and there she is right there trying to keep people healthy on TV. I think she should be looking for the shine, and I think you should be giving it to her. No one has, like, a better, like, immediate knowledge of what my Twitter follower account is than her when, right after she's texting me, like, some PSA that she's trying to get circulated. Well, I mean, she, she understands where the, the, the bread is buttered, and I appreciate her. For that, I, I was talking in the last segment. We're talking with James Feagan. We're going to make this a regular thing. You should be following him on Twitter at JR Feagan. You should also get a subscription to The Athletic and read his work there. I was talking about the, the, the rules of the lockout and, and how it's that training staffs are starting over, not at zero, but pretty close to it when it comes to players because of the lack of contact. How hard has it been? for both player and training staff, and the White Sox have a have partially a new training staff, to make sure that everyone is in the best possible uh, start-of-the-season shape that they can be? Um, basically, normally you, you submit a plan to the player um, 
to take into the offseason, and they're still able to do that. But the White Sox had, like, ways for players to check in, log their workouts, show what they're doing all throughout it. And instead you had a three-plus-month just blackout period uh, where not only you not really know what they're doing or how they're going to show up uh, up until the day that the lockout ended, which is, you know, you, know, you had eight, ten guys in camp, like, right after the, the deal was struck on a Thursday afternoon, but especially not being able to track the throwing of guys. And that's where you had the issues of, you know, Dylan Seath had done everything and been extremely active and, you know, trained really well, but Ted had found a, a way to face live hitters the way that you'd want to, or, you know, finding out that Michael Kopech had gotten COVID in late February and that it kind of shut down his buildup. And that's why you saw him only throwing four innings in his debut here. So I, I think probably more than even the outage, because I think largely everyone kind of did what they were supposed to. I don't think they had a big example of someone showing up to camp out of shape. It was more about, you know, arranging, you know, the buildup of, of facing hitters on their own that they struggled with. I think what you're really dealing with is the, you know, the rapid buildup of, of activity from, you know, just off-season training mode and everybody kind of in a holding pattern, not wanting to get, you know, too keyed up if the season wasn't going to start until May to, you know, you basically did three weeks. You went from zero to 60 in three weeks of guys are doing, you know, you know playing high-intensity games and not maybe giving the individual attention to what everyone's fitness plan is that you'd want to over the course of a normal spring training. Yeah, and it, it looks like – I think we're going to see this all around the league. I, I really do. I think that there's going to be – trouble with this and guys are going to end up with some nagging injuries how weird has it been for the players since you're there you're talking with these guys this last these last starts to the three seasons how off routine are all these guys at this point i i wonder like we we haven't seen a normal season in uh you know since 2019 essentially i feel um i i, I feel like there's always been something when we're looking at down seasons um, that we can look back and say, like, this is a byproduct of the circumstance, you know, whether, you know, obviously with the, the 60 game season um, and obviously last year, I think basically the story of why the 2020 White Sox got eliminated is that rotation wore down in the second half uh, when they hit a significantly higher inning cliff than they had worked the season before as diligent as a lot of those guys were, you know, Lance Lynn kind of threw, uh, you know, bullpens all throughout the lockout to kind of stay ready for it but it's still still just not the same of a full season of games and you kind of saw them bear the cost of that now it seems like now with you know possibly by the end of the start of tomorrow eight or nine guys on the White Sox IL in the first week you're seeing that more front-loaded of the the lack of ramp up is really going to affect and define a lot of the first half of their season and I think it's really about just knowing how strong the roster is overall, especially with the offense looks like it's just going to bash. Even when it's a man or two down, it has that kind of depth, you know, provided they don't have to trade away from it for pitching at some point. Um, It's about kind of treading water as much as they can. And especially with expanded playoffs to put themselves in a position to close strongly uh, when they are full strength. And maybe when the rotation looks a little bit better with a, you know, a surgically repaired Lance Lynn's knee out there. What is the timetable for him to return? I like the way they phrase it. It just seems very realistic to just say June. Um, obviously, with Lynn kind of joining them uh, on their road trip, like right after this homestand, and he's going to be throwing pretty regularly where he wants to be. He probably wants to beat that four week. You know, Rick Hans put it as basically four weeks to recovery until he's off the mound, and then set it as another four weeks of him ramping up. 
given that we just went through a spring training where everybody was ramping up in three weeks, I'm betting Lance Lynn is very much uh, geared toward beating that four-week estimate by a lot. But that's kind of that timeline sets it at June, and it's really upon how much they're willing to push a guy that they obviously need in October or, you know, let him push that his way into the rotation before that. But it kind of remains to be seen. I kind of think that the demands of what they have, given like the other spots, the rotation is a little shaky, might, might provide a little influence to, uh, you know, let him pitch in late May, but we'll, we'll see. What did you think of what you saw from Michael Kopech yesterday? I thought he was navigating without, you know, anything close to what we think is Michael Kopech. Um, you know, the thing we think of of Michael Kopech is fastball velocity all the time, about a guy who's thrown 100 in games before, and obviously he was working more like 93, 97 yesterday. But something that Michael really pointed out is to look at the velocity of his breaking pitches because that both is telling you a lot about the sharpness uh, of the breaking pitch. When he's higher 80s at the slider, that's the, the nasty, you know, 60 to 70 grade pitch that is really dominating. And it was probably more low 80s. You probably even saw one at 80 miles an hour yesterday. And it also shows you a lot where he is mechanically because when that thing is, he's really synced up, that thing is harder and tighter than it was yesterday. He was able to get some swings and misses. He struck out Austin Meadows with it, who was the guy who was terrorizing them all series. But that's really when you see those things start creeping up. When you see 80 mile hour curveballs, you see 89 mile hour sliders. That's Michael Kopech. I think, you know, the phrase he uses is that my velocity is always going to be there when you need it. He pumped 97 and pop. Uh, buy some guys for strikeouts when he needed to yesterday, but it's really when you see the the off speed start to sharpen up that that's the guy we're seeing. That's the guy that you've been told about, and the fact that he's able to give him four innings of one run ball without looking like that guy was was obviously something they'll take right now. Does he have a, a, a changeup that he's confident in? He says so, and you know it's something they were very optimistic in spring training about, and something that when he was working with Everett Tiford and uh, Matt Zaleski. He's rehabbing from uh, Tommy John back in 2019 that they said they made a lot of progress with, but I haven't seen a lot in games, you know, and at a certain point I, I can tell you about like the progress they made and how much velocity they've killed off of it and how he's kind of improved his, his motion with it. But it is something that has to really show up in games before we start talking about it as a major weapon, maybe more left-handed uh, heavy lineups than the Tigers who really just kind of had meadows and not a whole lot more to threaten them with uh, might bring it out a little bit, but, it's kind of like, uh, you know, Ronaldo Lopez talking about his curveball a lot, that he still comes out and he's mostly fastball slider. Uh, I think the, the guy who's really probably shown that he has added a four pitch and really showed it improved in the games was Giolito in those first four innings, making it all the more, you know, unfortunate that he went down. How hard has it been for Kopech where he's, he was supposed to be a starter and that that's what you were trending towards? And then to kind of have the, the weird three years that he's had, too, how hard is this transition from bullpen guy to back to being a starter? Um, I think it's it's difficult, but, you know, I think, if anything, he's, he's expressed how much more comfortable he is doing what he is not doing now. Uh, I think the difficult part is over. I think he understood the part about his, his innings and he be ramped up and even wanted to be carefully handled in that way to, to avoid – kind of jumping too quickly or running into any kind of kind of the secondary problems you see after Tommy John surgery or guys have flexure strains or something like that. So I, I think they manage them well, but everything he said about the way he approaches the game mentally and how he's able to make adjustments and calm himself and the value he takes in having midweek uh, bullpens uh, between starts rather than just kind of getting hot every single time uh, preparing to pitch every night, that this is really – 
what he wants to do. I think what we're seeing right now is is more the the effects of the buildup or the lack thereof that he had than kind of a hard transition to the role. This this is what he's you know been preparing, preparing to do since he was throwing progressions as a six year old uh, in this you know abandoned schoolyard that I, I went to with his dad uh, all by myself back in 2018. I know that Dylan Cease is really good against Detroit, like career-wise. So I'm trying not to make too much about what I saw. But are we seeing between how he pitched last year during the regular season and his first start, are we seeing a maturation of him and him matching his potential? Yeah, he's he's definitely getting closer to it. Um, I still think you see – I mean, last year – I don't think that was the finished product at all. I, I, I still think you see somebody who uh, maybe when the chips are down or when things aren't working mechanically is, is really fastball slidery. And that was even kind of a critique that he kind of had yesterday was that he didn't really think everything was working, but he's someone who obviously throws up her nineties and has a wipeout slider that you can kind of get through lineups like that. Um, but yeah, I, I think we're seeing something closer. I think his changeup really looked good in spring training where last year was kind of like amazing that someone had a pitch that was 20 mile or slower than his fastball, but wasn't something that necessarily worked in application as well. But yeah, I, I think there's another level of Dylan Cease that we're getting inching towards. I don't know if we're going to see it, you know, all season or if it's, this is going to be, you know, where he gets Cy Young votes or anything like that. But I, I think there is top of the rotation potential there. And the more you kind of see him being able to turn in good starts, when not everything is working like he was the other day. Uh, the more you see him kind of perform at a level of a number three, number two starter, uh, even when it's not working, it's just going to make those starts where he's truly dominant, you know, stand out more and, and really provide a consistent product over the whole year. James, I'm very excited that you're going to be a, a, a fixture on the show. I mean, you got your own open now. You're, you're clearly a superstar. Um, I'm, I appreciate you jumping on, and I'm looking forward to a season of us talking about White Sox baseball. Well, uh, I think that I will stop giggling at the intro uh, by some point in June, but it, it might take a while. All right, that's fine. We might even switch it up on you. You never know. So we, we might go for the giggle, and, and I'll, I'll have Ray <laughs> take a listen to it and see if there – I mean, there's going to be more press conferences with you. So the possibility looms that there could be something that we could throw into another version of the Open. So just be aware. All right. I'll see you. That is James Feagan of The Athletic. He's going to be talking White Sox with us throughout the year. The Sox Machine guys are going to be on the show, too. We're going to rotate Jim and Josh. So we're going to get you covered when it comes to talking about the White Sox. And we've got you covered with Stoney. And we've also got you covered on Cubs stuff, too. I'm excited about some of the things we're going to do with our Cubs coverage as well. Our guy Russ Dorsey is going to be on and we're going to do some fun stuff throughout baseball season. I'm the, the more I watched, the more I was excited about the shows that we were going to do. And we've basically talked baseball now for the last 80 minutes of the show, which is good. It also means that there's some time for us to talk basketball. The bulls have an opponent for the playoffs. It's probably the one opponent you didn't want them to have. We'll discuss that next here on the score.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. It's time for the two-minute report. Two minutes. What? Not one, but two. Oh, say less. It's time for the two-minute report on the Lawrence Holmes Show. Can't wait. Bulls ball. Io with the finish with the right hand. Count it. And a foul. Io Tosumu. The rook out of Morgan Park. The hand off to Io. Fakes right. Goes left. Let's it fly. 18-footer good. Circle right. Io Tosumu. Left side Williams. On a pump. On a drive. To the rack with the left hand. And Scores! Count it! Foul! What a play! Fires the left corner pass to Jones. Left wing Io, three ball. Bulls Io! Io Dosumo for three. Io whips a pass in front. Williams, clean three. Bam! There's your career high for Patrick Williams. A three ball right down the pipe with 28. Gives it up to Williams in the far corner. Now posting up Balmaro. The shade from Akogi. Double on the ball. Flips it up with the right hand underneath the cup on the left block and scores. That's that an was NBA a move. tough angle shot. That's a big time NBA move. Jones back to Williams. Circle right. Dribble drive. Jump pass. Left side. Brown to Ayo. Left double three. Bulls Ayo. Big time shot. Onions. Baby onions for Ayo Dosumu. And Nathan Knight right side. Three ball. Bank shot. No. Ball game over. Bulls win. Bulls win. Bulls win. 124-120. Bring on the Bucks. Well, the world champions, um, you've had obviously a, a great regular season, uh, you know, reigning MVP, um, you know, just a, a, a great team. So uh, we got some time to get prepared, kind of evaluate the games we've played against them, you know, this season. Uh, and 
you know, just get prepared, you know, uh, going against, you know, arguably the best team in the league. Highlights courtesy of the score, the starting lineup for your Chicago Bulls yesterday was Javante Green, Patrick Williams, Tristan Thompson, Troy Brown Jr., and Ayo DeSumu. Tristan Thompson only played 15 minutes because there's nothing to be gained for rotation guys that don't necessarily have to be out there. Patrick Williams was working on some stuff. This is something that I wanted to see from the Bulls last week. And now that they couldn't move, you know, they weren't going to move to five and they weren't going to slide to seven. They played in a game where they could go out and experiment. Io played 45 minutes in yesterday's game. Patrick Williams played 41. Javante Green played 40 minutes. Derek Jones Jr. played 28 minutes. I was really, I was I the only one that was like, can't you give Simonovich some minutes? I mean, I know it doesn't matter because you're not gonna he's not in your rotation and he's seemingly not in your plans, but I was like, is he all right? Like, just give him a couple minutes. Most of the Bulls regulars sat in yesterday's game. And now the fun part. I think this is the fun part. We got what we wanted, and then we got what we desperately didn't want. The thing that we wanted was for the Bulls to make the playoffs. The thing that we didn't want was for them to see the Bucks in the first round. Looking up and down the Eastern Conference and trying, there's not a great matchup for the Bulls. I'm one of the few people that believes that they can match up with Miami, but Miami plays such good defense that maybe I'm completely out of pocket to suggest that. But when you look at it and say, well, who do they match up best against? I mean, it's a bit of a loaded question because they don't really match up against anyone. Well, I guess you could argue if they could have ended up in a 4-5 or game against Toronto. But they didn't. They're the sixth seed, which means they get the Bucks. Hooray. I mean, as I forgot who tweeted it out. It may have been Darnell that tweeted out the possibilities because I was real content to just let everything happen. But when he tweeted out the possibilities before the game started that the Bulls could end up with the Bucks, I was just like, they're going to end up with the Bucks. Oh, dear God, no. I know. I, I forgot who did it. Was it? It wasn't Rome who did the CBS Sports Minute. But someone was complaining that the the Bucks were trying to avoid the Nets. No, man. Well, I guess I guess technically you're right, but I think everyone was trying to get in a, into a position to play the Bulls. I think you look at the bottom of the Eastern Conference, and then you go, if I have a a series that's set, which one? Of the seven teams, so let's put Brooklyn in there. Which one of the seven teams do you want to play? Do you want to play Boston? No. You want to play Philly? No. Do you want to play Toronto? Maybe. Do you want to play Cleveland? Probably not. Do you want to play Miami? No. Do you want to play the Bulls? Yeah, buddy. Because you know how to stop them. 
if you D them up and DeMar doesn't go like crazy, crazy, like 60 points, you're probably going to win. So even if he does, didn't he score 50 in a loss? I mean, yeah, there's the game where he scored 50 points and it's like, oh, he scored 50. This is a game he scores 40, and you're like, Ugh, what are these guys doing? They don't play good enough defense. And I'm still like, I, I know I was talking with Dan about this during transition. It still really bothers me. Last week really bothered me. And you know what they are, and they've been this for a while. But seeing Milwaukee toy with them last week, I don't know if you watched the game or if you checked out and you were like, I'll check back in when the playoffs start, when we know where things stand with the Bulls. But seeing them kind of say, hey, let's, uh, Giannis, you want to be the point guard today? You want to just distribute? Giannis didn't take a shot in the first quarter of the game. He ended the game with, I believe, seven assists. Should have hit that prop. But now, now he and Chris and Middleton didn't play a lot of minutes. Drew Holiday did, but they were doing stuff with him. Where he was running the first and the second unit. I was mad because in that game, Tristan Thompson got pushed aside by Drew Holiday in the post. That shouldn't happen. Your center shouldn't be being pushed by a point guard out of the paint. I love Drew Holiday's game, by the way. So seeing the matchup against the Bucs is, um, what's the word? Studs, what's the word I'm looking for here? Not great, Bob? That's three words. Oh, uh, bad? That's a word that fits. It's definitely not good, and I know that's two words. Unideal? That's not a word, I don't think. Sure. Let's, we can just make words up now. All right, here's, here's what we'll do. Texters, 312-644-6767. Just text me the word that entered your mind when you found out that the Bulls were going to play the Bucks. And understand there are some words that you're already sending me that I can't say on the air. 847 with a good one. That might be the one. Poopy. We we can go with poopy. Instead of the one that you all are sending me. 219 or 229 texter says depressing. A little bit. 312 texter says doomsday. I like that one. Doomsday scenario. This one's good. Vacation. This texter says, Welp. It's good. This texter, this is a good one too. Figures. Bulls draw the bucks in the first round. Figures. Let's be real. Isn't it what they deserve? You were the one seed. 
You had everything in front of you. And then the second, well, not even the second half, the post-All-Star break hit, and you just fell apart. Her life was in your hands, dude. Her life was in your hands. And then what happens? This is what you deserve. And I'm sure you can get all the Ric Flair memes you want. To beat a man, you gotta beat the man. Yeah, I would have preferred seeing the Bucks much later in the playoffs for the Bulls. Uh, 630 Texter, that's too many words. 802 Texter says futile. Um, Westside Mike, in the voice of Westside Mike, hot garbage. I did my best Westside Mike there. Swept. <laughs> so wait, we're all in this together, right? None of us think that they can win the series. Is that why are you shaking your head, studs? Oh, I'm shaking my head agreeing with you. No, like shaking as in no way. There's there's no possibility of them winning the series. All right, great. Great. Let me let me go down the line. Can the Bulls win three games? Can the Bulls win two games in this series? Possible. We're, we're in, that's in the realm of possibility. Can the Bulls win one game in this series? I say yes. The only game I could see them winning would be the first game at the UC. So game three of this yes. series back at the UC, you could see the, what they call the death bounce. Like You're like, well, we're desperate now. I don't know if their desperation will be able to overcome Milwaukee's talent. It, it, I bet they go into the half with the lead that in game three. They'll, they'll come in down 0-2. They'll go into the half with the lead. They might even go into the fourth quarter with the lead, and then the Bucks will be like, okay, that's enough of this. Yeah, we'll just give Giannis the ball. And what are you going to do? What, what, what in the world are you going to do? You going to send Vooch at him? Okay. You going to send Tristan Thompson at him? All right. I mean, he's got six fouls. It's, he can play with those six fouls. I guess you could hack a Giannis maybe. And, or you're you going to put the paw on him? Is that is that the move? Patrick Williams. Got y'all in your feelings. You're going to put the paw on Giannis. And while Giannis drop step and dunk on him. More of your words. Tea time. That's pretty good. 773 Texas says disconnecting. I think that's disconcerting. Oh, you're right. Either one works, though. Disconcerting. I can't read today. This one, 312. Damn, as in Florida Evans. Damn, damn, damn. At some point, we should have a conversation about Florida Evans. She was problematic. Like society was beating down the Evans family. Why did they have to worry about her beating them down too? I mean, really, like if you really start to think about some of the things with Florida Evans, she kind of kept them there, you know? Not letting people move on with their lives. There was the white Jesus thing. She just left and went to Arizona. Married the first man that she met after James died. 
some stuff. Wouldn't let JJ go to art school. Didn't didn't want Thelma to move out and like start a life. Studs, you have no idea what I'm talking about right now, do you? I uh you're, yeah. You're a I, young white is, man that's yeah. never watched good times. No. That's okay. Yeah. I, I was just gonna chime in and I, I was afraid to chime in because I feel like that's this is right. outside outside of my, Your my purview. world. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I get it. You're not watching TV one or, or the reruns on BET. I didn't I didn't get BET growing up, man. Really? Oh no, I grew up, you know, I grew up half an hour outside of Springfield. My parents didn't have any form of cable satellite until I was a senior in high school. We didn't get we didn't get high speed internet until I was in college. That's like the score. <laughs> it's kind of what it was. Some people texting in devastating. Yeah. This one says, Great, I'm a Knicks fan. You should probably be quiet. Your team didn't even make the play in. Stay out of stay out of Chicago Bulls business, to paraphrase Kenny Williams. Conversation does not concern you. It really doesn't. I'm a Knicks fan. Great. Tell us some more about your wonderful history of championship winning. Tell, tell us more about your legacy of, of 45 bleeping years ago. Oh, my God. The NBA is so much better when the Knicks are good. No one cares. The NBA is going to be fine this postseason without the Knicks. Good luck to you, sir. Yeah, at some point we'll have the Florida Evans conversation. This texture says, Lawrence, what if they win? I mean, it would be great. We would all be wrong. We could all tell them that we're sorry for doubting them. They played 22 games against teams in the top four in the Western and Eastern Conference. Their record was 2-20. and 20. It's 2-20. and 20. Studs, I'm not good at math. What's... Yeah. What's 82 divided by 22? I want to know the percentage. I got you. One second. Because I'm not good at math. There, I was told there would be no math on the show today. That's uh, 82 divided by 22? Yeah, I, or, or 22 divided oh, by 82. We, we want the percentage? Yeah, it's the other way around. Yeah, that's so what that's, we want. that's 26%. So a quarter, because I was going to say a quarter of their games. A quarter of their games this year have been against teams that are in the top four in the Western and Eastern Conference, and they've won two of those games. It doesn't breed a lot of hope if you're thinking for an upset. My question is, is it a victory if they win one game? If they get the gentleman's sweep, is that a victory? Like, will will it allow you to believe if, if what Stud said is true and they win game three? Are you like, we back, baby, we back? Or are you like, man, we about to get let down? I would say even if they win both games at the UC, I'd still I I would still be saying, eh, hey, still no, yeah. You win both games, now you're talking about something. Now you're talking. But you know, I'm just saying. We need to take a break. Your words are still coming in. Some of you all are sending sentences. That's not what I asked for. Just a word when you found out it was the Bucks and the Bulls. Some of you get it, most of you don't. Back after this is the score. It's said quite a bit when it comes to baseball how it's a wonderful companion. It truly is. 
Whether you're turning on the radio and you're listening to Pat Hughes or yesterday, our guy Zach Zabeman turn the game on or flip over the TV and you see Stone and Benetti are mid-season form, giving each other the business while giving you an excellent call of the game. It's just, I don't know, like as someone who does this for a living, it can be a little daunting because I'm watching both games and every game. But this weekend, to schedule my weekend around baseball was pretty dope. Like Saturday, I was like, yeah, I got some stuff that I want to get done. And I got up early and I got that stuff done. And I made sure that I was in front of the television by noon because I knew that's when the White Sox were going to play. And even if I was annoyed like I was on Friday afternoon watching the White Sox when I got home, I was happy. I was able to toggle back and forth between it just because the game is back. I'm glad that the Cubs got off to the start that they got off to, and I hope that it's something that continues for them, quite honestly. It would be great for everyone involved. And seeing the White Sox be able to hammer teams, you better be able to pitch. And if you're a left-hander, if you like some betting advice, if, if you want to, if you ever see a left-hander starting against this White Sox team, that might be a money-making opportunity for you on FanDuel. Just keep that in mind. Look at the starters and see who they got because these guys rake against lefties. But I was so happy that baseball was back. Our companion for the spring and summer did us right on the first weekend of the season. I'll talk with Parkinson Spiegel about that and more next here on The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.